today to This Needs to Be Said, TNTBS, and I am your host, Catherine Waddell. There is such a need for people to be able to be truthful today. We've been tactful all around the world, and in the midst of that, trying to fit in so we conform, we want to be accepted. Then one day you ask yourself, what is my truth? While digging through a lot of baggage, gathered from wanting to belong somewhere and not sure what you believe, there's a crying out for all those things that should be said that are not being said. No longer will we pretend that there are no issues to address or that we are only going to talk about certain ones. This show, coupled with our blog site and our website, will be the beginning of you finding your way. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You were thinking it. We're going to talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. The elephant in the room is a business topic. Over the years, I've spent time sharing and interviewing and doing a group roundtable of business owners just so that those who are starting business, thinking about being in business for themselves, whether it's part-time or full-time, some things to consider, things to consider to help you do business well. We're going to have a special guest join us later on in the show, and just Talking with him, I was like, wow, we have to have you on the show. You have a wealth of information, and people need to hear it as often as it can be said. It needs to be said. Your business needs to be successful and to grow. And no matter if you're just starting with a thought or if you've been in business for several years, you constantly need to be connected with people that will help you grow your business. Everything isn't always a paid connection. You can listen to a radio show like this wonderful one, This Needs to Be Said, or you can read newsletters, you can um, do free webinars, whatever you're a part of, but be connected and get knowledge about how to keep your business relevant as well as to make sure that you are um, giving good customer service, making sure that your products and services are efficiently being provided to the people who need what you have. No matter what the business topic is, we always need to revisit, reevaluate things, okay? So as things take their course, as things have cycles, uh, you, you know, you just you, you change over a 12-month period of time in your business. There are some things that are on sale at certain times. There are certain activities that work better at certain times of the year. All of those things. But today we're going to get into one of the stickiest, ickiest of questions that I get with business owners and I myself run into. How do I charge people? How much do I charge? Uh, what, what should I charge? Um, I want to serve this group of people. Can they afford it? How do you get so hung up on what you charge your ideal client? And the other thing is how do you present yourself, whether you are a storefront business or an online business? How are you representing yourself? How do people see you when they come to you? We're going to take a break, and we're going to talk with Mr. Ben Mandel later on in the show. So stay tuned. Get your pen and paper out, and tell a friend to tune in to This Needs to Be Said.
Can a wise-cracking, thousand-year-old parrot, a girl grieving her mother, and a boy missing his father save two worlds? In the new fantasy thriller Whip Eye, Samantha and Jake have 24 hours to face their greatest fears and find out if the supernatural staff, Whip Eye, can defeat an ancient evil guardian. Chased by monsters and unsure who to trust, can Samantha and Jake learn to trust each other? This fast-paced adventure is about trusting yourself protecting others and discovering the beauty of nature over 100 different species of wild animals are mentioned whip eye is a unique blend of magical creatures and wildlife a surprise filled story that will appeal to readers of all ages watch the whip eye book trailer on youtube whip eye book one of the whip eye chronicles by jeffrey sign getting great reviews everywhere whip eye at amazon.com How would you like to have beautifully shiny and healthy hair without compromising your health or values? At Evolve, our shampoos, conditioners, and styling products are free from harmful ingredients, are cruelty-free, and offer amazing performance. Our formulas contain unique blends of natural, active ingredients not found in any other hair products and produce results you can see and feel. To learn more and order, go to Evolve.com. That's www.evolvh.com. After 30 years of experience in hair replacement, our directors at Yorkshire Hair Replacement Clinic are leading experts in hair loss. We assist males, females, and children of all ages suffering from thinning hair to complete baldness. Services include volumizing, laser retention therapy, non-surgical grafts, and we offer free scalp analysis. International clients travel for our expert, discreet services. Contact us at yorkshirehairreplacementclinic.co.uk. We'd love to help. How long can you continue struggling through life? without addressing the pain that was injected into you as a little girl? What will it take to help you heal from your past? Are you ready to begin your raking journey? My Little Girl, A Guide to Healing Your Past is a 15-page workbook that is guaranteed to jumpstart your healing. Visit angelstaronline.com to invest in your healing. You absolutely deserve it. That's angelstarstarr online.com Are you stressed out with all the changes and technical knowledge you need to know to run your website? Would you like to spend your time running your business and let the experts take care of all your web needs? Introducing honesty.im where you can have your very own web therapist working for you and your business. Have your web therapist increase your site exposure as well as your sales and conversions while you do what you do best. Get your expert web service now at www.honesty.im. The founder of the modern firewalking movement, Tolly Birkin, has firewalking instructors training now scheduling in November 2014. Now is your unique opportunity to learn from the most internationally renowned firewalking trainer in the country. Step into or enhance a career that can pay for itself the very first time you present a firewalking seminar. 
Tolly has personally trained many celebrities, including Tony Robbins, and has written eight books and has been featured on Mythbusters and Inside Edition. Space is very limited. For information on how to register, go to www.thefirewalkingcenter.info. In a world where businesses are plagued by overwhelming numbers of difficulties, One Support Network will rise to protect business owners from devastation. Dreams Woven Support Network. Under the guidance of the experts at Dreams Woven, business owners will be able to stay focused and stay motivated as they work their way toward their dreams. To run a business is to fight in a battle, a battle against a fleet of hardships that threatens to bring the business toward failure. To win that battle, one must have the adequate resources and a plan to combat the seemingly endless barrage of hardships. With the power of the Dreams Woven Support Network, obtaining the resources and plan for the battle of business is simple. By using the multitude of tips and resources provided by Dreams Woven, one will be able to vanquish any hardships that arise and bring one's business to success. 897 is all it takes to acquire the power of Dreams Woven. Sign up today at dreamswovensupportnetwork.org to achieve success for your business and to have your dream woven into reality. Hey, Rhonda Nails here, a.k.a. The Success Instigator. Always connect me or find me at project-push.org. Today I'm talking about the gold mine in your contact list. So I want to tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a young woman who wanted nothing more but to create a thriving business, something that was new, that was fresh, and an original business idea, something that would help support entrepreneurs everywhere, and of course, something that would create passive profits over and over again. She longed for the day that she could have a thriving business, but she didn't know where to turn to or who to turn to. Stop. Wake up. That brief fairy tale was me reminiscing about the most frustrating time right before I created a gold mine using my contact list. You see, after several years in my first business, Signature Notaries, I ended up not wanting to be a business owner anymore. I hated Mondays, and I longed for Fridays. I wanted to be able to help and support other, other notary entrepreneurs, but I just didn't know how to do it or where to start. Then it hit me. I mean, no, it really hit me. I was looking for a book to help me, you know, motivate my mind or inspire my heart, and out of nowhere this book fell on my foot. Foot-stubbing book that fell from a bookshelf was nothing more than a list of professional service providers who were seeking new clients. So as I returned the book, to the shelf, I realized that I had accumulated the same list of providers in my email contact list, in my phone contact list, my friend of a friend contact list, my networking uh, contact list, but this list was very different. It was specifically intended for the notaries that I frequently contracted. So what I realized that as a nationwide notary signing agency, the notaries that I frequently contracted, they would regularly, and I mean regularly, bombard me with emails, with phone calls, and sometimes they would send little thank you cards with these uh, financial gratitude pieces inside. Uh, They were gift cards. So these notaries wanted, and sometimes they begged for more work. 
So acknowledging a need, I sprung into action to create my first gold mine using the best resources from my contact list. It wasn't complex information. That was the crazy thing. It didn't include any formulas or algorithms or anything like that. It was a simple contact list of direct links to 50 companies who contract notaries on a regular basis title companies, other signing companies, even field inspection companies, those were in the list. That was it. It was that simple. I call it my gold mine because just as miners had to dig for gold, all I had to do was dig into my resources for information that was waiting to be used. Once I compiled and organized the list, I sent the information about the top 50 list to my um, directory of notaries. And at the time that I had created the list, I had a total of just over 900 in the directory. And so a little over 150 purchased it and downloaded it in the first weekend. So I was not only thrilled that it sold, but I was happy that I had created my first gold mine. So all I did from that point, and I still do, was point the interested notaries in the direction of the web page where it was ready to be downloaded. So how did I create the gold mine? Everybody, that's, that's the pressing question, right? So here's how I did it in, in six easy steps. The first thing that I did, step one, was I recognized the, the notary problem. I, I realized that they had an issue, the problem. Step two, I devised a solution. Step three is I implemented a strategy uh, for the solution. And then step four, I promoted the content and the value of the solution. That was really important that I promoted the value as well. And then step five, I generated over 3,000 in one weekend. Step six, and I still do this over and over, I continue to promote and profit. So that's it. Now you know how to create a gold mine. All you have to do now is dig. This is Rhonda Nails, a.k.a. The Success Instigator. Listen, you guys can always connect with me at my website, project-push.org.
Hi, this is Deanna Heiliger from me to the power of we.com. Thank you for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute. Today we're going to be talking about feeling overwhelmed. And the question is, do you ever feel overwhelmed? Well, of course you do. It's easy to feel overwhelmed, and we all do. We have deadlines and schedules, people counting on us. We have kids, spouses, household duties, and the list goes on and on. So, yes, of course, at times we all feel overwhelmed. Um, Often I hear people saying, I'm so busy. I have so much to do. I don't even know where to begin. Does this sound familiar to you? Is this like you? Do you sometimes feel so overwhelmed you don't even know where to begin? That's very common because sometimes things get piled on us and we get backed up and it's like, gosh, where do I even start? I have all these tasks to do and all these deadlines and pressures and, gosh, where do I even start? And it kind of is making you feel defeated, like, well, maybe I just won't do anything today because I I don't even know where to begin. Well, I have a few hints and tricks for you to try so that maybe you won't feel so overwhelmed. These are some things that I do. Uh, Number one, say no. Don't overcommit. I know a lot of people have trouble saying no. People ask them to be on committees. People ask them to volunteer. People ask them to help drive with the carpool and on and on and on. And you just don't know how to say no. So you need to know your limits and you need to say no. There is nothing wrong with saying no. I don't have time. Nope, I've committed all I can commit this month. So practice that. An example of this is that um, I only let my kids participate in one activity at a time. I know some parents who have their kids in four different activities. Well, when you have multiple kids, like I do, or grandkids that you take care of, Uh, Maybe you need to limit their activities so you're not driving all over crazy. Uh, Number two, at night. This is important. Do it at nighttime. Make a list, a reasonable list of things that you need to accomplish the next day. If you do this list at night, you're going to sleep better. You're going to feel less stress. You're going to just know, okay, I have my list ready. When I wake up, these are the things I'm going to take care of. And that way you don't wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh, my God, I can't, I can't forget to do this, and i got to remember to do that, and, oh, what about this? So it will help you ease your mind before going to sleep. Number three, on your list, do the thing that you like doing the least first. Get it out of the way. Whenever we make a list, we have things that we don't like to do, and we tend to leave it towards the end of our list. But then it's hanging over your head all day. You're kind of working through your list, and that's just hanging over you going, oh, I don't want to do that. It's right there, and I have to do it. So get it out of the way first, do it first, and then you can somewhat enjoy the rest of the day filled with your other tasks that you need to do. That's a good one. Number four, delegate. Uh, Have your spouse and kids pitch in whenever it's possible. Now, you might struggle with this, and I do at times, because I feel like I have to do things a certain way. But sometimes we need to give up that control and let others lighten our load. So um, my 10-year-old daughter just asked if she could help me fold the laundry now as part of her chores. And at first I was hesitant because I like things folded a certain way, and I'm kind of a perfectionist in some ways. Um, but I thought, wow, she's offering to help. When she's a teenager, I'm going to be begging her to offer to help. So I said yes, 
and I'm going to teach her how to fold things properly, and she wants to help, and she has a great attitude, so I am going to start delegating that task. So what are some tasks that you can delegate um, to your kids or spouse or a friend or say someone's driving the way that you could be going and they can take your kids with them so you don't have to drive? Um, there's many, many ways that we can delegate and push things off to people that are more than happy to help out, especially if they're going to be um, doing it at the same time as well. So I am hoping that these hints and tips will help you not feel so overwhelmed. I love that you're joining me. Uh, thank you so much for joining me for this segment of Mindset Minute. To continue your journey to be a better you, connect with me at me to the power of we.com because together is better.
Thank you so much for being a part of This Needs to Be Said. There is an elephant in the room, and we're going to be joined in just a moment by our special guest today, Mr. Ben Mandel. We've had him on the show before, and he's talked with us about fight school. I think that may have been something I was really excited about, which made me excited about his book, Don't Pay for Any Flight School, excuse me, Don't Pay Any Flight School More Than $2,500 in Advance. Listen. It says this is the censored information the bad guys don't want you to know. And when he shared that information with us last time on this show, it was through his passion and his experience to educate people who are interested in taking flight lessons. Now, we're going to take a bit of a turn, and we're going to just talk business. He has a passion about small businesses, and in talking with him, I was like, Ben, you have a wealth of information. I need to have you on the show to talk about these things. So today with him, we're going to talk about the presentation of your business, whether it's a storefront or online, as well as we're going to talk about that nagging, icky feeling you get when you have to put a price on your products and services. So at this time, I'd like to welcome Mr. Ben Mendel back to This Needs to Be Said. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? I'm excited. I'm really excited. I, I think I get really excited about doing business better topics. <laughs> well, I think a lot of us are, are passionate about small business. I've been involved in, in business virtually all my life uh, from the time I was in the fifth grade, I guess. And and it's just one of those things that uh, if you really, really love it, I mean, it stays with you your entire life. And no matter what I do, I'm still always interested in, in small business and mm-hmm. and large business too, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to turn it over to you because I'm going to be your student today because when we talked the other day, I was like, okay, there's so much to learn and so much that you can share with the audience. And, of course, if you repeat some of it, it will definitely stick with me. So I'm going to take notes while you talk. How about that? Well, that's great. Yeah, the, uh, the, I think the, one of the biggest issues with um, people as far as small business is what, uh, what kind of small business should I get into? What should I do? I really want to, I want to make some extra money. What should I do? And in this day and time, it's actually easier to get into business than probably any other time in history. The, the barriers to entry are much lower than they used to be. And the reason for that is because of uh, websites like uh, eBay that basically allow you to open your business um, 
today if you want to do it. It doesn't really take any, any prep or anything like that. That doesn't mean you should go do it uh, as far as uh, eBay goes, but it does allow you to absolutely get into business in a, in a quick, uh, efficient manner. And if you look at the eBay effect and also the Amazon effect, you'll see that large companies who had shunned eBay and shunned Amazon in the past are actually on both of those platforms or one or the other selling their products. And the reason for that is it's another distribution channel for them, and it allows them to you know, sell their line of products to a, 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 literally another audience. And basically, many, many of the large mail order companies and even the small mail order companies are on Amazon and eBay. You may not know that, but they are. Hmm. So that's, that's, the first, that's the first thing. Um, now, what, let's just talk about um, getting started on uh, on one of those platforms. Uh, basically, Amazon is a platform that requires more experience in order to be on, on their platform. You don't want to start out on Amazon. And the reason for that is if you make a mistake on Amazon and for some reason the customer doesn't get their product or doesn't get the right product, you could be kicked off of Amazon for life and they will not let you back on there. Mm. That's so, pretty tough. That's a it's a it's a pretty tough uh, yeah penalty, and they really don't give you a chance to uh, change their mind. They, you, you screw up on Amazon, and you're out, buddy. I mean, it's that simple. Wow. So you you don't want to start there uh, if you've never done this before, or things like that. So eBay is probably a place to start. And folks um, ask me a lot of times, you know, what uh, what. What, what should I sell? How do I do it? And things like that. And I was vice president of the Internet Merchants Association, and I used to get this question a lot. And the first thing that I tell folks is you should sell something that you know something about. And mm-hmm. that, normally, that normally stuns them. And yeah, it sounds simple uh, enough. Right. But something you know something about. And I... I had a guy come up to me at one of our uh, conventions that we had, and he said, you know, I'm thinking about doing it. I, I just, I'm not happy with my job, and I really want to get involved. I just don't know what to do. And I said, well, what, what do you do now? And he says, well, God, I work in a junkyard, an auto junkyard, and I'm, I'm out there pulling parts all day, and I just really, you know, don't like doing that. And he said, I have no idea what I could sell. He said, what, what do you suggest? And I said to him, well, you got a whole junkyard full of auto parts. Why don't you start selling those on eBay? And he said to me, I never thought of that. <laughs> okay. I said, well, do you know about auto parts? Uh-huh. Yeah. I said, you know about auto parts? He said, of course I do. I said, then it's something you know. I bet you could sell a lot of auto parts on eBay. And he's on eBay today, and that's what he does. He sells auto parts, a lot of them. Wow, that is, that sounds so simple. It's like it's you know I'm, we're waiting for the complex. Sell something you know something about. Sell something you know something about because if you know something about it, you're going to be much better at selling it. 
Mm. Sounds simple enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The other thing I tell people, sell something that's within 50 miles of where you're standing right now. Okay. Sell, sell something that you can obtain that's within 50 miles of where you're standing right now. Simple enough again. Okay. There's a lot of stuff. Now, why do you say 50 miles? Why do you say 50 miles? Well, I figure you've got a a 25-mile radius all the way around around you. And generally, there's going to be something within 50 miles that you can find to sell. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you're in Charlotte, I guarantee you, within 50 miles of where you're standing, and there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of products that you could find to sell online. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure. Don't, don't I'm go. sure. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking that, that would just make me think my mind went straight to yard sales. <laughs> uh, and that's a, that's, a, that's a good place to start to learn. So if we, um, if we look at just starting – Let's just say, you know what, I'm, I, I've got, I'm working in my job and I want to make a few extra bucks and I don't quite know how to work it. Well, what you would do uh, is if we're just going to concentrate on eBay here for right now, and I think that's a good place to learn, I would go on to eBay and I, and I tell people to shop. Go on to eBay and shop for some things that you, you need, not things that you don't mm-hmm. need, things that you need. Things mm-hmm. that you're probably going to buy anyway. And, you know, look on eBay, see if you can find, find them on there, and buy a few of these things and have them shipped to you. And pay attention to what's going on when you receive these packages that you order. Pay attention to mm-hmm. how long it took to get it, how fast the shipper shipped it to you, how well it was packaged the kind of packaging they used. And after you look at this for a while, you're going to determine that uh, there are going to be some sellers on there that do a really good job at this, and there are going to be some sellers that do a horrible job. I had somebody send me something I bought on eBay in a, a grits box. Uh, they bought oh. grits at the supermarket, and I guess dumped all the grits out and sent me the, what I ordered in a grits box, just taped up with some tape. It, it looked horrible. And wow. that's not what you want. That's not the impression you want to make, and it's not a good idea. And the item that they sent me actually got damaged along the way because virtually a cereal box is not going to protect. Mm-hmm. So you, the best thing to do look at look at what you receive, and you could buy a couple dozen of these. Christmas is coming up; you might buy some gifts for some folks or something like that. Just you don't have to buy even expensive things, but just get some idea of how this stuff is packaged. Do they use new packaging material? Do they use recycled? Did they do a good job with it? And, you know, did I get it within three days, seven days, ten days? And this is all mm-hmm. important because what you want to do is you want to emulate the good of what you just experienced. And you want to make sure that the bad of what you experience you do not emulate because those, those are Sellers are not going to be on eBay for a, a long time. They're just not going to. And they certainly would probably get kicked off of Amazon uh, if they keep screwing up like that. But eBay is a little bit more forgiving. Okay. All right. 
So you can um, you can get uh, materials, uh, things to sell at yard sales. It's a it's a great place to kind of put your toe in the water and go and buy something for a quarter and or a dollar and and then uh, uh, put it on eBay and you get you know a few bucks for it, maybe more than a few bucks, and you start to figure out how this works. Uh, you, the thing is, you buy low and you try to sell high. Uh-huh. And and that's that's how it works. What will happen is uh, that'll give you some experience. You know, this is and this is all low cost things that you can do. This is you know the things I'm talking about really just don't cost you a lot to do this. So you're you're going to be able to start your your experience with eBay for you know less than fifty bucks, but with with everything I'm telling you, uh, if you want uh-huh. to, once you get some experience, you just uh, you start to move up and you set goals. And when I first started selling on eBay, uh, and I don't sell on there anymore because we do we we have we're too busy to to sell on eBay these days. We have a lot of things going on with our businesses. So uh, we have a website that's very busy with call center, and uh, and we do sell on Amazon, but uh, eBay for us is not just doesn't work anymore. Even though that's where we started, so it's a great place to start. But as you mature into a uh, a larger business, sometimes it doesn't make sense to to be there. Uh huh. Wow. Okay. So. Practice, take an observation, buy some little things off of eBay, and just observe, you know, all of the things that would be asked of a package that you send out. So, I mean, right. this, is all, this seems so easy. It, it seems, seems so, so easy. easy. People skip it. They skip the, the step. And, uh, you know, look at the, 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 the catalog page on eBay. The list, they call it the listing page. Look at that. When you order something, was the picture good? Was the description accurate? Did they, did they? Did I know what I was getting? Did they leave some things out that were that I should have known? That if I had known about them, I wouldn't have bought this. Mm-hmm. And if you, a lot of merchandise on eBay is used, or it's maybe you know got some wear and tear on it. You got to disclose that. Don't put don't put this is brand new if it's been used. <laughs> it looks like it looks like uh, it's got a bunch scratches and things on it because some people might be buying this for a gift and they can't give a gift that looks all worn and used out. Correct. That's right. So That's it's, right. Yeah. So it's very important to describe. And, and my my formula there is if I were standing there and I was thinking about buying it and holding this item or examining this item, would I still buy it? Would I still buy it? Mm-hmm. Now, okay. Good question. And it's 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 almost it's almost better. Just another tip on eBay. It's almost better to over describe the defects. That's, that's, let's say you have a book, and it's maybe it's a brand new book that really never somebody bought, and they they never they never read it. Just sat on the shelf. So you found this book, and it's brand new, but it's the pages are yellow because the the, the book's got some age on it. You would describe mm-hmm. it as a uh, an unread book uh, with yellowing pages uh, that's in good shape, as opposed okay. to a brand, as opposed to a brand new book. You wouldn't do it that way because uh, they'll get this thing and they'll be yellowed and they would be very upset. So you would right. want to describe it, uh, over describe it. 
Okay. And you want them to decide on their own, oh, it wasn't so bad. But, yeah, okay, I got you. you. Are, them, I got you. What, what, what you want to do is when the person receives it, they want to get what they paid for and what they were expecting. So we've got to set the proper mm-hmm. expectations. Gotcha. So what do you recommend as far as selling things around the house? I've heard people say that before. Well, a lot of times if you've got extra things that you're not using anymore, let's suppose like today uh, the, the new iPhone uh, was introduced. They had a big press conference here just a little bit ago. So we got new uh-huh. iPhones coming, iPhone 6. Well, might be a chance you might have uh, an iPhone 5 or an iPhone 4S or a 4 uh, that you're going to uh, replace this, uh, with this new iPhone 6 if you're one of those kind of people. And so you, you're going to have this iPhone, and it can, you can even leave it sitting around the house. And, you know, if you leave it sitting around the house for a while, in about a year or two, it'll be worth about five bucks. Or you can uh, decide, you know, I, I might want to sell this, and maybe I can get $100, $100 for it or so. And uh-huh. that, would, might, that might be something that you would consider selling on, on eBay, because there might be some people looking for the older model iPhone. They can't afford the new one or don't want to spend the money on the new one. And mm-hmm. but, but iPhone, you know, maybe you've had this thing several years and you had a case on it, and you can describe that. This was my personal iPhone. I kept it in a case. It's got very little wear on it. Uh, you know, even though it, it's been dropped a couple of times, it didn't break. Everything works fine. Uh, you know, it holds this much battery life, and, you know, I'm selling it uh, – uh, guaranteed uh, to be not dead on arrival, and you could just list that, and you can sell uh, your iPhone, your old iPhone. So mm-hmm. you look for you look for things that you're not using anymore, and there's not a chance that you're going to use them in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, people take so, down so the description doesn't change about it, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that kind of thing, or let's say you know, college students uh, that are sharp will sell their their textbooks that they don't mm-hmm. use anymore because uh, if you go to college, uh, textbooks are very expensive, and the, Ooh, yeah. you, yes, they are. <laughs> okay, these things are thousands of dollars uh, per college career. So if you can you know, sell those textbooks and get some money back so you can buy some new ones, or maybe you'll buy a, a used one and, and get it for about half price, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you can save, save money that way. As a general rule, um, I, I was a college student, and I can tell you, I don't think I ever went back and looked at any college textbook after I was done with the class. You, you don't need them. <laughs> you know? so, yeah, as much as you like to tell yourself you might use that book one day, you probably won't. You, you never <laughs> do. You never do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so best thing to do is get, get rid of them uh, while they still have value and while somebody still can have some uh, use with them, and, and that's you know, that's another example. Um, also, when you're looking at, at selling things uh, on eBay, and we'll, we'll, we'll probably wrap this eBay part up, when you um, are looking at things, you need to look, think about shipping because uh, large items, uh, you know, are a little difficult to deal with on eBay because they've got to be shipped and dealt with. So you're probably not going to want to put anything on there that's large, uh, if you're okay. just starting out, because it just it's too much trouble for you to ship something. 
make sure that if you you know uh, don't don't start selling cars on eBay or don't start selling generators or something that is just going to require a trucking line or something to to move it. Not to say that as you get some experience you can't do this down the road, but that's not the way to start out first. That that could be a, a way to start out and uh, end up losing a lot of money because you don't realize how much some of these items cost to ship. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons I I tell you to look and see what's going on. And that also when you order items from people, sometimes they'll have free shipping and things like that. Well, shipping is not really free. The post office never gave away shipping, neither did UPS or FedEx. So somebody's paying for it, the seller's paying for it. And I see sellers on, on eBay that will either give free shipping or I'll buy something, and the shipping costs more than, than they made on the item. Okay. Okay. Um, and that's, uh, I had I had an I, eBay question and it went away from my head. Oh, oh man. <laughs> well, let, let me. Let it me went give away from my example. head. I was I was I was listening to you and I was going to write it down and I didn't commit to writing it down and it went away. We asked the All question right. about selling things around the house and you said things that you don't need anymore. Okay, if it comes back up before we finish, I will ask it because I. Someone else wanted to know. I'm I'm bad. I'm terrible today. I did try to remember. <laughs> but we all we all do it. So, so we could start a business, start selling things on eBay as soon as today if we wanted to. As soon as today. And the the great thing about it is eBay's open 24/7, and uh, you don't have you can sit there and work in your pajamas, and it's a it's a pretty easy thing to get into. And you may make some money on it. You may not. If you're careful, you will. If you're not careful and you don't follow, you know, pay attention, you can lose some money. I had a, something the other day I bought on eBay, and I think I paid the guy $18 shipping, and I paid him about uh, it was about $40 for the item. It ended up costing him over $40 to ship the thing. And mm-hmm. he can't. You know, and once you put it on eBay, you set the shipping. You can't change it, even if it costs you more. So this poor seller, you know, had to kind of eat the money and actually lose money sending something that I had purchased on there. So you, you, uh, you won't stay in business on eBay very long if you continue to do something like that. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now let's talk about pricing. Can we go there? Mm-hmm. We can go there. All right. So, all right. This is this is the biggest problem that that I see businesses have when they first start out. They don't know how to price, and everybody mm-hmm. thinks, you know, I can do it cheaper and I can sell it cheaper, and that mm-hmm. always sounds that always sounds good. And the trick behind that is to be able to sustain that business model. And the bottom line is, uh, just because somebody's selling something for a hundred dollars, doesn't mean you should go out and sell it for fifty. Mm-hmm. Now that is correct. They they and there are folks out there that think that that's how they do. Well, virtually anybody can sell anything one time on price. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do that, because there's always somebody out there that will probably buy something if they think it's cheaper. That doesn't mean it will work. It doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's better. It just doesn't mean anything. It means that mm. I offered you something 
really cheap, and you thought you're getting a great deal, so you took advantage of that offer. Let me ask you a question right there, because this question has come up so many times. Does price determine does price determine if a product or service is good quality or not? Uh, it it can be a reflection of it. Uh, it also can be a reflection of bad quality. If something's cheaper than it's supposed to be, that normally is an indicator that something's wrong. Now, I'll give you an example of this. So let's suppose you're down in down, the downtown, uh, any downtown, and a guy walks up to you on the street, and he says, hey, I got this, this TV that I'm carrying around here. It, this TV normally sells in the store. Here's the price tag on it. It normally sells for $500, but I really, uh, I bought a couple extra of these, and I really uh, want to uh, get rid of them right now and I'll let you have the TV for $50. Now, obviously you know a $500 <laughs> television. It's certainly worth $50. Mm-hmm. And so you, you look at this, and, you, you look, and the box is still sealed up, and you look at this, and you go, you know what, buddy, I'll do that. And you give the guy $50 for this $500 TV, and mm-hmm. you, you're thinking, man, this is great. I really got this guy. I really took advantage mm-hmm. of it. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how he got it that cheap, but I really don't want to know. <laughs> I don't need too much information. <laughs> yeah. So, so you go home, and you, you're, man, you're excited, and you get, it, you get the, te- the, the box out of the car, and you, you unpack the box in your living room, and it's got a bunch of old phone books in it. There's not a TV in there. Oh, my. And this guy, and this guy just sold you a box for $50. It's a nice box, but it don't have a TV in it. Uh-huh. So that's, there's an example of somebody that was able to sell you something on price. You didn't okay. get what you thought you were getting, but he sold it to you on price. If he had walked up to you on the street and said, I've got this $500 TV for $450, you wouldn't be interested. Exactly, no. Okay. Why, why would you, I do that, right? Why would I do that? I'd go to the store and get one and not, you know, be able to take it back if there's a problem with it and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. pricing can, a lot of times pricing can indicate inferior quality. Now, some people will say, uh, well, you know what, if I price it too high, it won't sell. And there's some, there's some truth to that. If you overprice it, it won't sell. But if you price it correctly, it will sell. And I'm going to give you a really good example of something that was interesting that if you think about it, it's going to blow your mind. Okay. And in 2007, that's seven years ago, everybody and their brother had a cell phone. Okay? There were t- everybody had these cell phones. The, 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 nobody would have thought that anybody would have needed really another cell phone. And the cell phones back then were made by a number of companies, and you could buy them pretty cheap. Cell phones had, had been expensive when they came out in the 80s, and they got down by 2007 to $50, $40, $30, $100. They were just real cheap. And this company, who had never been in the cell phone business before, 
decides they're going to start selling $700 cell phones. Now, if everybody already had a cell phone. They didn't need another one. And this company, who had never been in the cell phone business before, comes up with a $700 cell phone. I do think in the heart of the recession in 2007 that nobody would ever be interested in a $700 cell phone. But everybody already had cell phones that were working just fine. But that's what Steve Jobs did with the iPhone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, I was wondering if that was what you were going to say. I'm still listening. Okay. Go ahead. All uh-huh. right, so here, here's Steve Jobs in 2007 in the heart of the recession coming up with a cell phone that costs more than any other cell phone in, in many, many years, and he's going to compete with $50 and $100 cell phones. And on top of that, when you buy this $700 cell phone, your monthly cost to use it is going to be three times the monthly cost of these cell phones that are already out there. Sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but yeah. you know what? It, it worked, and it worked because he came up with something that was easy to use, and it made your life easier. And the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, as you look through this, and that's what an iPhone does. An iPhone at that time, and I had an iPhone 1 when they came out, it made my life easier. Was it a particularly good cell phone? No, it wasn't. Okay, my older cell phone actually worked better. But what the iPhone had was it had a bunch of other things that it could do that you didn't really know that you needed. So it had a navigation system in it that you could actually learn where you are and figure out where you're going. It had a camera Hmm. so you you could take pictures. It had a a way to connect to the Internet so you could check your email. And it had all these other things that, you know, I really didn't think about it until I started using them. This makes my life easier. And also it was Mm -hmm. an iPod. It was an iPod as well. Wow. So I I don't know if you know the answer to this, but what made him be bold enough to on the surface, overcharge. It looks like he overcharged because you gave all the, you know, during the recession, people already had a cell phone. This isn't necessarily a new concept. What made him do that? What made him charge so much? It worked, but what made him do that? Apple always gets premium prices for their products. One thing that they do, they never compete on price. Uh, If you go and buy something from Apple, you're going to pay more for it than you pay from anybody else. That's just the way Apple works. And he brought the – that's just what they do. If you go buy a – So the reputation in itself is established to where I'm not not worried about what Samsung is doing. I'm not worried about what Nokia is doing. First of all, nobody else had these phones, these smartphones. So Apple was the first one that had the smartphone, period. Uh Nobody else had Uh one. Now, okay. now there are a lot of people that have them, okay? There's, there's competition. And you've got Androids, which are the competitors to, um, to the iPhone, and they're much cheaper than the iPhone. But what's happened 
what he's done and what Steve Jobs ended up getting us to. He got us addicted to the iPhone. Those of us that use the iPhone are addicted to it, and we don't like being addicted to it. And those of us that try mm-hmm. to go somewhere else, let's say we go and we get an Android, because you know what? The Android's cheaper, and the Android, you know, the monthly costs were less. And those of us that have tried to do that, we end up not being happy, and we end up getting rid of the Android and going back to the iPhone, because we're addicted to the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And that's why wow. today, when he brings, well, not Steve Jaws, but Tim Cook, when they bring out, Apple brings out the iPhone 6, um, and I don't know, I didn't pay attention to what the pricing was, because I pretty much know the pricing is going to be $750 on those, and they'll sell mm-hmm. millions of them. Mm-hmm. Because there's people that have the iPhones already will upgrade to that phone. They may not uh, be all upgrading from iPhone 5, maybe some of the 3s and 4 people will upgrade now. But they will upgrade to that phone as opposed to going to the Android because they, they can't work the Android uh, where it feels normal to them. Hmm. Addictive. So there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pricing example. During the uh-huh. So pricing was not what drove iPhone. What they, it actually, what pricing did for Apple was it drove Apple's, it drove Apple's profit. And because mm-hmm. it was able to get it to stick, Apple made a lot of money. A lot of people got involved with Apple via the iPhone as far as new customers go. And then once they mm-hmm. got involved and found, you know, I really like this iPhone, then mm-hmm. they all looked at the Apple computers. And a lot of them bought Apple computers and other Apple products because of the iPhone. Wow. As, just just being a leader. Now, um, Ben, well, they weren't we get the out leader. They weren't, the, they weren't the leader. I mean, they're the last ones to be, get, jump into the cell phone business. <laughs> you know? They weren't the yeah, leader. Yeah, but I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking the first computer that I ever worked on was an Apple computer right. a million years ago. So, I mean, they, they led in that way. They they. So that's what I'm thinking of because they've, they've been around, the brand has been around, it's been dependable and reliable. Yes, they've had to navigate, you know, to see how they can stay out front, but it's just work. I mean, you have a repu- you have a relationship with this product. If you've been, if you were using one of the first computers, um, you used an Apple, you know? So you remember that. Um, I, for me, I, that would be the connection. I'm not an Apple user, but if that would buy me, if that would get me into it, it would be because of that relationship of where it started um, for me. I want yeah, to not, know. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure on, on that particularly. I mean, I, I'm a PC guy, uh, but I love the iPhone. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm mm-hmm. probably, uh, you know, normal. I think the folks that weren't as com- into computers as much as maybe you and I may be a, uh, swayed a little bit more by the Apple deal. But I just, I just thought it was a great phone. I liked it because it was simple. That was that was my point. I, I didn't like the kinds that you had to unfold when you answered it. You had all these buttons that, you know, you can, you can push in your pocket and things like that. It was just a matter of it was so so simple, and that's what he did. He made it very simple. So simple okay. phones for simple minds. Simple phones for simple minds. And I know some people that are their team Apple all the way. Now, for the small business, 
um, owner, the one that's getting started, they're, they've figured out what it is they want to do. I know we started our talk with that today. I figured out what right. I want to do, what I want to sell, product or service. But how do I price my stuff? I mean, that was a great example of uh, Apple and Steve Jobs. But me, little old me, what do, what do I charge people? Well, and let's, let me, we can go back to Steve Jobs. I, I, Steve Jobs looked at his cost on this uh, iPhone to manufacture it and develop it. Mm-hmm. And they, he knew exactly what each one of those things cost. And they were pretty expensive back then. And what he did is he looked at that and said, well, this cost us this much, and we need to, you know, it's going to cost us this much to get it through the distribution channels. So this is how much that we need to sell this for in order to make a profit and have a return to our company, in this case, the stockholders. And that's what it's done. He didn't go out and say, well, it cost me, you know, $400 to make this iPhone, so I'm just going to sell it for 400 to break even. He just said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make, I'm going to make money on this because that's what we do. And uh-huh. I don't know what is – I don't have access to his cost, and I guess not many people do. But I, I guarantee you that is the way they did it. They, they looked at their cost, and they, they looked at everything that needed to go, and they added a margin of probably 30 to 40%, maybe 50%, and that's how they determine their price. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to do when you're when you're when you're pricing things out. Um, you have to look at how much all, it costs me to. Cost. Go ahead. How much did it? How much did it cost you to buy it? How much did it cost mm-hmm. you to handle it? How much did it cost you to store it? You have to you have to add all these costs together. How much you know? Um, and a lot of people don't include their time, but. You have to include the time that it would take somebody else if you were paying them to do that task. Mm-hmm. And so what if what you're this, doing is a service business and not one where you have a product? Okay. And I'll give you an example of that. So I've got my brother is in the locksmith business. Uh, mm-hmm. And they have mobile trucks that go around and they, uh, they service people's uh, cars and homes and businesses. Mm-hmm. And back when he was getting started, and he got out there and he really beat the bushes and, and got the business, and he was working 12 hours a day, and he'd come home at, at night and tired and worn out because he was working really hard, doing all he could do. And when we looked at the, the, the numbers at the end of six months, he wasn't making any money. Mm-hmm. So he had the business, and I said to him, his name is George, I said, George, um, can you do any more business? He goes, no, I'm doing everything I can do. I said, then you're not charging enough. We need to look at your costs. We need to look at your costs. So let's look at this. He goes, well, if I charge more, I'll lose the customers. I said, well, you know, if you keep going what you're doing, you're not going to make any money, and you're probably going to go out of business, and you won't have any customers anyway. So let's look at your cost. Let's see what it costs to, to, to do a service call. Let's see what it costs to run this van. See what gas costs. And let's put all this down and let's figure it out. And at that point, we figured his costs were about 40% less than what they should have been. So you, ra- okay, so he, so he asked the common question that I've heard and I've even said myself. If I raise my prices, I'll lose my clients. 
or I lose my customers. So that's what he said. That's what George said. That's and exactly said what he said. Okay. And, and okay. Basically, you know, and it, this is where small business really gets in trouble because, yes, you're going to lose some of your customers when you do this. But if you had priced it right in the first place, you wouldn't have this problem. Now you've got to sit there and you've got to hit them with a 40% increase because you didn't price it properly. If you priced it properly to start with, they'd already be used to the prices. Mhm. Wow. Gosh, that so, was ouch. I knew I knew you were going to say something. Well, you said a lot that um, made me like hold my breath, but guilty, guilty. <laughs> And and I know right. that I have some people listening right now that have said, Captain C, I told you that, you know. But, wow. So go ahead and finish telling us. Okay, so yeah, you sat I down mean, with your call, brother. We call, that, we call that spinning your wheels. And that mm-hmm. you're, on a hamster, you're on a hamster wheel, basically. And you're just working and working and working and working and working, and your customers love you and everything. The problem is you're not making any money. Right. And, so and, we love and you've our got customers to love us. You know, we do. Well, we do. We, we like to take care of our customers. We'd love to give customers a great deal. We'd like them to be happy. We, we do that. We're, we're, we're people. You know, we love, we love when that happens. Uh, you know, we hate when customers are not, not satisfied. We don't, we don't like that at all. And sometimes we actually go beyond what we should do when customers are not satisfied. But there's some customers you can't satisfy. So that's another, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Simple. That was so simple. <laughs> Everything you talked about today was so simple, and I love it when we can do business better and we can make it in bite-sized pieces and break it down. I'm not going to keep you much longer today. We're going to have you back on and talk some more business, but I want you to let people know how to get in touch with you outside of this needs to be said. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We have an e-commerce website that I haven't uh, talked about before. And let me. Uh, the best way to get in touch with me is is uh, send an email to um, customer care at amazingkeys.com. We have a website, amazing a m a z i n g k e y s dot com, and that's our internet business. And um, we're there. We'll be here tonight till midnight. Uh, I'm not in the office today, so you won't be able to get me there today. We have some folks there that can uh, can help you if you ever need a car key or a remote or ignition switch or anything like that. But uh, anyway, if you will uh, send a message to customercare at amazingkeys.com, they'll get the email to me, and I'll be happy to uh, help you uh, uh, with any questions or anything like that. All right. Ben, thank you so much for being a part of This Needs to Be Said. For myself, I have to say it's definitely enlightening. And for those that were making comments on Facebook, thank you so much for tuning in to This Needs to Be Said. So shout out to Candy. She's in Texas. Thank you so much. And Sam always tunes in, and I know he enjoyed it, and he's probably going to give me the I told you so speech when we're off air. But thank you for every person that has tuned in to This Needs to Be Said. Thank you for your time. And until tomorrow, we're going to talk with Dr. Willahan and Rhonda Nails. We will see you back at the same time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much, Ben. Until then. Good day. There will never be a point in your time in your life 
where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing, it's not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation. That a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing, they stop wanting anything, they, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like, jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it? That you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their job, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. Question is what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day. Workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong?
You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a thing that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams. Yes to your unfolding future. Yes to your potential. As opposed to saying no. When you die, die on each. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, God, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.